Hello and welcome to the Ramon. F- Do it again. You're looking down at your feet or something. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm up now. Look at me. Hello. <laughs> See, players right. mess up. There we go. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster shoe. Shoe. <laughs> what the? <laughs> You should have just rolled with me looking down, DK. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market where they are open for business 24-7 serving hot, fresh food. Moan, happy Wednesday to you. Hot day. Yes, it is a happy Wednesday, okay? We're here together. If only everyone could see the material that makes it onto the cutting room floor as we try to navigate through these intros. Maybe we'll have to put some of those online. Uh, And you know what? You'll have to buy a ticket. Did you buy a ticket? A ticket? To the gun show. Oh, no! (laughs) Hook, line, and sinker! I got him good. Oh, he oh. did. This is what happens when your 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 former NFL offensive <laughs> lineman shows up for the podcast, like yeah. just right off the workout. Like, what am yeah. I doing next? Oh yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Moan, let's uh let's 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 talk a little bit about uh, someone else who's capable of quite the gun show yeah. uh in the Steelers locker room, and that's Cam Hayward, one of your favorite subjects. Oh, because nobody knows the guy better than the guy who would have been opposing him in practice for a decade and change. And Cam is so much fun when it comes to social media, but not the way you normally think. He's not like in the juju sense. Cam gets righteously indignant when he feels slighted, and he has no problem bringing it up, which is a crazy thing for a guy who really isn't – how do I put this? He's not like Mr. Ego or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's so what, uh, what's this what's this latest one, Moni? Because I haven't actually read up on it. So Jeremy Fowler releases a, and I think this may be his second year doing it, second or third year doing it, where he's ranking the NFL top 10 defensive tackles. He does every position. It's, it's done by execs, coaches, players pick the best interior pass rusher slash run stopper, and they have a top 10 list. Mind you, we're talking top 10. This ain't NFL 100. This is top 10 in your position. And, and also, it's worth pointing out here. First of all, we really like Jeremy. Jeremy, yes. ESPN, covers the Steelers, does a terrific job. Good dude. Okay? Yes. This is not Jeremy's list. No. Jeremy didn't make the list. Jeremy compiled it based on information. Mm-hmm. Just so we're clear here, this isn't just random guy, reporter, no. just coming up with a list. No, it's not. So with that being said, the the list goes, and I'll read up to Cam. No, I'll give the top 10. I'll go ahead and give 10 real quick. Aaron Donald's one. Jeffrey Simmons, two. uh, Chris Jones, three. DeForest Buckner, four. Cameron Hayward, five. Five. Cam's five. Those four named before him ain't bad, and Cam could be intertwined between those guys, wherever you want to pull them. Six is Kenny Clark, solid. Seven, Vita Vea. Eight, Eric Armstead. Nine, Grady Jarrett. And 10, Jonathan Allen. Very solid group. It, it it really is. And here's the thing. Cam, Cam makes no sense. Okay. Meaning Cam's performance level, his his existence in a lot mm-hmm. of ways makes no mm-hmm. sense. No. I don't think any of us would dispute. And I, I 
pretty sure that you would agree with this, that Cam Hayward's best season in the NFL was the one he just had. Yes, sir. In 2021. Yes, now, sir. Cam will, and I pushed him on this. You know how he doesn't like to say mm-hmm. positive things about himself, but at the same time, he very clearly expects to be recognized. Yeah. Moan, this is an unusual personality quirk, is it not? It is. And, and one of the first sentences, the first two sentences of his write up read this. As you just said, you said you hadn't seen it. And I believe you, DK. So you could be an NFL scout. It goes like this. Hayward's early 30 trajectory has been impressive. Look at his numbers and watch him. There is no decline at all. NFL scouting director said. It's how like he is it, how yeah. he's doing this is beyond me. And I know how he's doing. It. It's a bunch of hard work. It's a bunch of will. It's a bunch of dedication to the craft of look, if I'm out there, you're getting it all. And I think we all kind of see that, too. But for him, and he's had a little bit of a spat if you hadn't been on social media about, hey, don't poke the bear. Hey, leave me alone. Oh, who slighted me? Because the listing went he got a, a highest as his highest ranking on his list was three. His lowest ranking was out of the top 10 that basically put him at no number five on the list, okay? Now, if I'd have told you Aaron Donald, uh, Jeffrey Simmons was ahead of him, Chris Jones and DeForest Buckner, you probably go, You can live with that, yeah. I I don't want Cam coming after us either, but like... (laughs) Bring it, Cam. Oh, damn that. We we battled every day. But at the same time, you know, when you're talking about... Look, I don't think anybody would dispute who number one is on that list. So from there, you're really talking about two, three, and four. And if you're a Pittsburgh fan, you're probably not going to dispute Jeffrey Simmons with what you've Mm -hmm. seen him do to your own team. No. You know what I mean? So we're really now we're probably maybe reduced to three and four. But then there's all kinds of other variables. Cam was the defensive line last season without Stefan Tuit, without Tyson Alualu. He was being moved to nose tackle just to plug the routine run. Mm -hmm. So he had to give in terms of statistics and quarterback pursuit and everything else here, and yet still had the season of his life. Yeah, DK. And and I don't think he's going to slow down. I've told everybody, man, that'll listen to me talk. Athletes are weird, and you know this. Like, you hear, like, the water boy. What'd you say about my mama? All those types of things that come up in your mind. Like, that's why coaches harp so much and don't give them any material. Shut up. Don't say a thing. Give them nothing because nobody discount at all. But it's a simple fact that you put him on a list. And I, I, I'd be I, I'd be honest. I probably think, well, they think I'm falling off because he was four last year and you put him at five. But let's just say to your point, DK, Jeffrey Simmons had a catapult type of season last year. Yeah, and he wasn't even in the top 10, I don't think, last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I know he was lower than Cam Hayward. You know, so because of that, Cam got to move. And I'd almost say this, too. I think him thinking of his age might bother him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because that was one of the first things they had in the write up at 30 years old. You know, like that's and, and I'm looking at Jeffrey Simpson. His is um, I'm looking at his position and he's 24. He'll be 25. Last year. Also, he ranked to number six. Jeffrey Simmons did. Yeah, and and he's not about to drop off anytime soon. So I see what you're saying here, but what I really hope you would share because I know you 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 and I have I talked like about I'm gonna this. go there if you yeah, want me to before you say what it. What really motivates Cameron? So Hayward. here we go. What and I knew the thing because you when the first time you told me this was a couple of years ago, and I was like, really, mm-hmm. really, go ahead. What is it that it's, really I motivates? 
in my explanation of it. But it's hard for a D tackle to get to where I'm going to say. It's they're, they're overshadowed a little bit. How do you give them their credit? They really do all the grunt work, kind of like offensive linemen, except they do get their names called every once in a while. Uh, the one guy on that list that's for sure in is Aaron Donald. And what I mean for sure in means Hall of Fame. It means gold jacket. Cam ain't chasing the stats of it all. He's trying to make sure his body of work comes into play whenever that opportunity presents itself. And I'd almost say he wants to be first ballot. Cam could play in any era of Steeler football. Is that about correct, DK? It, you it mean is, to tell me? It, it is, except that one, one thing that Cam himself is careful to point out whenever, the, whenever these discussions come up is the, is the 3-4 component here. Well, like he, yeah. he gets measured – Against guys that are on, on the on the end of a four man front, yes, who, who have different assignments, different responsibilities, different expectations, and then mm-hmm. in turn different numbers. Yeah, Cam is an interior lineman on a three four, and he's been that his entire time mm-hmm. here, and even positionally, yeah. Own when it comes to you know all pro, Pro Bowl, and whatever, yep. He'll get like, where do you put him? Where do you put him? Well, that's not his fault. He no. plays for this team and this defense. And this, like a guy, unlike a guy like Chris Jones, who's a D tackle or has moved to DN at times. So you see the difference. Or Aaron Donald, who's a DT. You know what position he is. But not selfishly, but I do know this. And he won't admit it. Cam wants the gold jacket. If I can't get the ring, give me the jacket. And I don't think anybody can say he's taking anything away from the team, anything away from the defense in that pursuit. That's why I'm saying you got to respect what he's doing. And not just that, the people who are the writers. Now, I'm not sure if Jeremy Fowler has a, a vote or if these execs have influence. But the fact that he's acknowledging, no, y'all put some respect on my name, I think was his ultimate point. And five ain't bad. OK, but we see where he holds himself. And I respect that. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, let's keep talking about gold jackets, but as they apply to other players. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and continuing our discussion about gold jackets. Most of this was obviously about Cam Hayward. Uh, Let's take it further and have some fun here. Okay. Let's look at the rest of this roster, not the active roster, not guys who aren't in the hall already. You know, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger's got first ballot. Uh, Heinz Ward is going to be in the discussion for Eventually. a long time. But but looking at the current roster, mm-hmm. let's give it a try. Even yeah. even guys who are super, super young. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, there's an easy one to start with. Yeah, I, and I, I, I want to start with them, but I don't real quick because we'll knock the other ones out because they got a case to be made at some point. Um, I, I throw, since he's still relatively younger, Minka. I, I think Minka's in that conversation at some point, DK, just simply because his, the, the attributes he's made to the team, to the league, being all pro, pro bowl, being the highest paid safety, the plays that he's made, and not just the plays he's made, the situational plays that he's made will help his case, man, as far as the interceptions. I know last year was a little bit of a downer as far as what you expected out of him, but that guy that we saw in his first year in Pittsburgh, is still there. And I think you get a calmer guy. I think you get a better situation for him, considering he doesn't have that weight on his shoulder as far as chasing the bag. Nobody will admit it, but everybody thinks about it when it's their turn, right? Um, And I I got another guy before we get – I got two more young guys before we get to that next phase, DK. And and that will be surprisingly, and a lot of people are going to push back. But starting the way he did in his rookie year – 
if he can get to that point of being consistent and dominant at that position that I'm going to name, I think he would have an opportunity. And that would be Dan Moore. Simply because he's at that position, simply because if he grows Dude. more and more, to hear me out, <laughs> starting the way he did his rookie year, transitioning in to be a longtime starter in this league, man, I'd almost tip my hat to be like, if you can do this in your rookie year. Now, I know a lot of people probably weren't impressed by him, but let me tell you this, given that opportunity to grow, to kind of sharpen your skill set and play for a very long time. I would say a guy playing the left tackle position could potentially be the guy. And I'll throw this in there too as a bonus with potentially a franchise quarterback on his backside, meaning him and Kenny Pickett's pairing. You look at the quarterbacks that kind of made it in their left tackles kind of made it for the most part too. You know what I'm saying? Like if he can get more dominant, that's the case. But the overall number one consensus pick on this roster, aside from a guy like Cam Hayward, is TJ Watt, and that's the most obvious one. I would throw Dan in there, though. That's awesome. You had to find an offensive lineman. I, I, I know what's going on here. Uh, I, I, I will say that out of this group, the ones that I feel have the best chance, I mean, the obvious, again, that TJ is going to he, – he's lining up for, you know, no-brainer, you know, first – first year of eligibility boom he's gonna go in i mean when you start getting dpo wise and and finalist before that uh you know that that's not even a discussion i will be curious to to watch the church and and cam i I mean cam is gonna be in that lineage cam is gonna cam is is gonna be in a discussion as they like to say he's in the discussion he's in okay yeah um and, and cam can only further that discussion with more excellence, more records, mm-hmm. more numbers mm-hmm. that he can attach to his name. Uh, and again, like you said, not that that's his motivation, but you no. know, the, two, the two concepts kind of work hand in hand. Yeah. The other one that will be interesting to me to watch will be, will be Minka Fitzpatrick. Because, Minka. Because if Minka can you – know, takeaways are a luck thing to a large extent. Unless you're Ed Reed and you're just a freak of nature and the football just finds you out there. Yeah. And I'm believe me, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm not suggesting Ed Reed was lucky. He was brilliant at what he <laughs> no, did. Okay. Hell, yeah. But takeaways for mortals are are difficult. Yeah. And if Minka yeah. can get back to being in part of a defense where the pass rush creates enough uh enough tension on the other team's offense that Minka mm-hmm. can get more opportunities, Minka can start putting himself into that dialogue as well. Mm-hmm. Over time, not now. Over time, yeah. not now. And the other one I'd throw in is Najee Harris just because, man, you just never know with a running back. You never know. I, I don't believe Najee will do that because he doesn't have – he's not going to be that guy that gets you, breaks away for 75, 80 yards. Yeah. He wasn't even that in college. Right, right. Okay. But then, you know, Earl Campbell wasn't either. Earl he, Campbell made his – everything was boom, boom, boom right up front. It so. was. And he was my other young guy that I had in mind just because but, – but I worry about if he's not a breakaway guy, his yards got to be high. And if his yards, his yards are high, that means he's got a whole lot of touches. And I, I'd love to see how that would extend or decline his career because of all those touches. We've even spoke about that once before, DK. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not going – of course, I'm not backing off the, the Dan Moore thing too. just – because a young guy starting this soon, last person we saw do this was Marquise. And I think that same thing that you just said a second ago in the conversation 
of those young guys, nobody's done that. Kendrick had his shot, didn't pan out. Now, he did, and whether you like them or not, I'm not out on the fact that this kid can be a stud left tackle, especially with some of the people I know that's been close to him. And, and he's so impressive off the field, too. Just such a terrific mind, ambitious, organized, passionate. Um, well, you know, we should do a whole show we, we one can. these days on Dan Moore. You know, maybe yeah. we can even do tomorrow's on that. How about that? Is that a deal? Yeah, for sure. All right. When we, come, when we come back, when we come back, let's uh, do the Hey Moan segment with uh, someone who's here at the HQ shop downtown. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. The only segment that matters is the Hey Moan segment. And for that, we have Doug Piper here at our HQ slash shop downtown. And and, and Doug's going to take it away. Absolutely. Thank you. Doug, by the way, I just got to start off first. By the way, you are first ballot Hall of Fame as far as name goes. Doug Piper. I love it. Okay. I'm putting that up on my wall real soon. The legend of Doug Piper was here. (laughs) Well, thank you, Moan. So when Zach when Zach Gentry was drafted, he was basically a tall, slow practice squad player who couldn't catch. By last year, he was actually contributing to the team, making some catches, blocking pretty well. What yeah. do you see his ceiling? Man, his ceiling is very close to Max, Matt Spath-esque. I think we realize that the young kid from Penn State is just, he's really good. And that's fine, too. That's, that's no issue whatsoever with having a young stud on your team. But just looking at Zach, I wouldn't call him a practice squad type. I would just call him he needed a little bit of development. I think you look at him and you say to yourself, man, this guy has the height. He has the size. He has the will also to get the job done. I look at him as playing a, a B-roll at the tight end position. And truthfully, that's what you you honestly need when you're dealing with young quarterbacks, the old offensive coordinators trying to find his way as far as calling plays. And the one thing that Zach is going to be able to do is be able to block a little bit too. If you look at the times in which the Steelers were good, especially during my era a little bit, you had the pass catching tight end, Heath Miller. And then you had a blocker, whether it be Matt Spath or DJ Johnson. Those guys were always on the field. You found ways to get them in the game too. And the the the, the value of a guy like Zach, it, it lends you to say, okay, he can catch the ball if thrown his way, but you're known as a blocker too. So being able to sure up the edge, let's go, uh, defensive ends against tight ends. That is a real live situation right there that the way we call offense with the tight end blocking some of the time, you have to be able to block. And Zach is so long and rangy, man, that he's able to do those types of things. And that's that's one thing I'm glad you brought that up too. We look at what Pat Frymuth has done and you just say, yes, that guy's going to be either really good, he's going to be a pro bowler, he's going to be a name that we remember because of his ability, his agility, and just the way he can make plays. But the guy on the other side of the ball, man, Zach, or when I played it with Spath or, or DJ Johnson, those were the guys you're able to – evolve your offense too. You're able to get in sets to where they can beat defensive and the outside linebackers as far as running. So there's a lot of value in a guy like Zach Gentry, man. And and, and again, I just want to harp on the fact that a lot of guys just aren't ready made. Just I'm not all the way out on Kendrick Green. You know, sometimes it like it takes a little bit of humbleness. It takes a little bit of development and just understanding that Look, you're not what you thought you were, and that's fine. It's it's good having a staff 
that's intact and, and at least a standard in Pittsburgh that allows guys to groom, allows guys to grow a little bit and learn and get a little bit of uh, knowledge as far as uh, a, a team concept and playing in the NFL. Zach was kind of afforded that. And uh, he has something in order for him to have stuck a lot, stuck around this long too. So um, I'm, I'm correlating him to Matt Spath like uh, moving forward. That's great, right? Yeah, that's fantastic. If he could be Matt Spath all over again, he would be a great number two tight end. Oh, my goodness. Now, imagine that with Pat Frymuth. I think that's a good one to punch, considering what the role of Pat's going to be. He is a pass-catching tight end that can also block also. So, um, two bigs on the outside, they're an extension of the offensive line. I know they don't really love that, but they got to buy into that aspect of being team first. And uh, Zach, I think, is going to be fine. Well, thank you very much, Mon. That was a fantastic answer. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, Mon. Man, top 10 names. Easily. Okay. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. I'm, I'm happy. Okay. There goes I thought Doug I was doing something by bringing my pipes out. And Doug Piper is just laying it down around here. Okay. Doug's waving from the sidewalk. His mission is complete here today. That's, that's our guy. <laughs> hey, by the do. way, anybody who wants to ask Moan a question in person, you know, all you got to do is come on down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually record these around 1230 p.m. Eastern time, uh, wow. you know, and if you come in and say hello and say, hey, I got something for Moan, that's what Juwan did. Remember that? It is. It is. Juwan, yeah, Juwan, Juwan comes comes walking in here. This was, what was this, a few days ago, and he goes, hey. Where's Moan? <laughs> well, in the in the in the cyber sense, he's right here. You got something for him? <laughs> Let's do it again tomorrow, Moan. Uh, okay.